Finally then, um, a scheme that goes back to the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, which was our master plan for Spitalfields. Um, uh, yeah, an, an, another major scheme from which we were more or less sacked, actually. Um, ha um, um, yep, you can hold out for a while. But somebody once described working for projects like this as, as a sort of rodeo. You can stay on the horse for a while, but eventually it throws you off. Um, and this was very much about responding to the fact that, in a way, um, whatever it was, in a million square foot of office space being intruded into an 18th century um, village uh, was an uh, incredibly d difficult thing to, to, um, to, to kind of cope with, really. And I, I found I was unpopular with everybody. I was unpopular with the de developer. I was unpopular with the Georgian group. I was howled down in schools of architecture and so on. It was some um, great sort of toughening up exercise. Um, but there was a serious um, kind of quest here, which was to try and find a way to do this, which um, led to certain theoretical ideas, one of which was to classify, uh, 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 to, to develop a planning classification, which one extreme uh, one would call global transactions, and the other extreme you'd call lo local transactions, and then to try and classify a whole series of, of uses across that classification. Local transactions being uh, um, really at one extreme markets and shops and so on. Then somewhere sort of in the middle or towards the other extreme buildings like theatres and supermarkets that actually only have one transactional face and three non-transactional faces. So you have to understand how to treat those. And then office buildings which don't really have any transaction at all. Um, and so you have to find how you... The, the expression take, take place is a very interesting one, actually. You have to find how these uh, buildings with different sorts of transaction take place, using that as a kind of almost as a sort of uh, verb. You know, how do they take the place? And how, how do they properly take the place? And we worked with other architects, Alice and Morrison, before they became very well known, to... Um, build a small uh, retail and residential crust, if you like, against our or against the uh, office building. So the local transactions are along the edge, and the global transactions are in the middle. And the global transactions get their access from that that circus, um, and the local transactions face out into Brushfield Street. But they also have an arcade. And if any of you've been there. This has sort of been built, actually. <laughs> it's a foster scheme for Hammerson. It has been sort of built. Um, and it's interesting because when Broadgate was designed by um, Stanhope, I don't think they would ever have um, allowed, as it were, retailing to be tapped into this relationship with, with offices. Um, the, the retailing, as you know, is, is at a lower level. So I think... Maybe we did have a very big effect here um, of a, on a, on a, on a mixed-use scheme, and it's, it, 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 it all works very well. Um, I'm not going to take too much um, credit for that, but as a strategy, maybe we should take credit. So here you see a section looking west, looking that way from the plan, with an arcade um, running along 
the edge with the retail at the edge and then residential on the other side matching the uh, residential schemes to the north of Spitalfields. Um, and okay it's a kind of ditzy little sketch but you can't really tell uh, what, what the scale is against the existing buildings or against the proposed buildings. That then led on to something which um, and I, I'll end with, with this in a minute um, which was a proposition that um, we typologically what we've been doing um, what developers have been doing is the opposite or the inverse of how London developed um, over the 18th and 19th centuries what office buildings tend to be is objects that have the same as it were value all the way around they're sort of symmetrical all the way around whereas I, if you analyse cross sections of London we, we did several the characteristic that gives you variety of places and congruity of places variety of, by which I mean variety from place to place and congruity of place because places are made by congruity the way you do that is by having symmetry across the place, symmetry of scale, but symmetry demographically, symmetry of economy, and symmetry of intention, use, so on. Um, and that means that the block must, if there's going to be a change of the nature of one place from another across the city, the block has to be asymmetrical in order to achieve that. Uh, and that is the... Uh, um, a cross section um, across um, the, the, uh, the strand um, with um, the hotel looking onto the river and there's a sort of symmetry across the river of great private and public institutions the same scale and the same use of retailing with offices above in the strand Maiden Lane uh, which is a tiny little street of, uh, of, of uh, small um, uh, offices, lawyers and so on in Covent Garden itself and um, Floral Street and then up to Longacre and so on and the, 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 um, the dominoes along the bottom are just kind of way of trying to express abstractly what, what this idea is about which is that, that dominoes have different values at each end and they then look for when you're playing the game of dominoes um, you look for another domino that's got the value which will match the one that's already there and then the value at the other end of that domino must have a matching domino to go against that and that's how the 18th century city was built up and the 19th century city and you only have to go on the um, on the, the, the um, you know the DLR um, to see that um, uh, we, we, we've, we've invented a kind of zoo of incongruity um, for the last 20 years a complete mess. <laughs>